Well, I'm back on Boom Bap Nation Radio. I'm your host, Infamous Amadeus. Make sure you follow Boom Bap Nation on all social media platforms at Boom Bap Nation. Make sure you follow myself, the Infamous Amadeus. More importantly, the Infamous Hour. Shout out to iHeartRadio. Shout out to SiriusXM Shade 45. You hear me saying it on and on again. 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Doing the drunk mix live in effect. Now, when it comes to hip-hop and when it comes to meeting certain people in the industry, there's not that many people that you meet in hip-hop that becomes family, that becomes, you know, they come to your wedding. They're people that you can count on in the Ghana line. Is someone that I started with. Very early on in my career, you know, he believed on me. We, we went on the road together. We have a bunch of amazing stories. And right now, he's out with a new EP. It's called Back Again 2. Get it for my guy, Snipe Life D Block in the building. Yes, sir. Very, very first question, Snipe Life, because I have to ask the listeners because they're going to ask me, you know, they, they always compare me saying I sound like the big bro kiss. In your opinion, do I actually sound like this guy? Let's talk about it. <laughs> we got to no, talk about it off the rip, Snipe. Yeah, you know, that's dumb funny because, um, you know, you maybe a lot of them don't notice or, or realize this that um I've I've physically had you in the same circumferences with Kiss, whether it was leisure, you know, just hanging out, chilling, whether it was work, we was doing you know business, or we was even recording. And um, one thing about my guys, man, I will say is that they are some of the most outspoken individuals in the game, and that's kind of how they kind of kept you know, that originality to the concrete edge. Yeah. Of just being real honest and being outspoken. And, and I've never heard that. I've never heard that, man. You know what I'm saying? And I would hear that from him personally. If it was like, yo, yo, I'm trying to, you know what I mean? And I never heard that. Y'all, I've seen y'all have conversations. He know how you talk. He knows how you sound. He knows how you rap because you don't record with me. He see you rapping because he see you in videos with me. So, we never heard that. So, you know, you comparisons is cool when you're being compared to some of the greats, you know, but that's just where it stops right there. It's just a common, you know what I mean, um, voice box thing, man. Like, look at me. I got I to gotta see no sound. Like, I've heard that in, in my own career. And it makes me actually go to a vocalist and get my, my voice um, measured. You know, you could get your voice measured. Yeah, like literally and to I, see where you are in, in the right, circumference of the, of the right. yeah. Right. His joint is more like... Uh, um, like a F, a E F. I'm, I'm a C. I'm a C note sound. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like again, it's just uh one of those rarities. Um, you know, um, just um hearing comparisons, but you know that's just where they draw the line at. Exactly right there. You know, you might put you in the mind of somebody. Remember, Kiss is older than us, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, when you hear somebody that came in the game, you know, for so many years, you know, any little piece of them may put you in the mind of another artist or MC, but as far as the talk and the voice, clearly this is not um you know, this is not made up. Like I've heard you when you woke up in the morning, I've heard you when you're about to go to sleep and you always sound the same to me. Yeah, um, you know, interestingly enough, I actually got to shoot uh, when, when Jada Kiss got the key to the city and and uh, uh, I think it was Jersey City. I actually was shot him, and there's there's actually an interview of me and him actually talking, and, and we actually don't sound the same. But one of the things that I, I've just realized, just you know, being now a DJ converting into radio, is you know people right. people will always compare something new to something they know. It's just how it is. Yeah. So you know, if you see a, a, a new Mercedes Benz, you'll compare it to whatever car. Um, now, now, now you, you yourself. I mean, you've been a D-Block artist for, for many, many eons. I mean, you, you've been on the No Security album. I mean, your resume yep, right. even goes deeper than that to real street culture. Um, right. Just fill the people in a little bit on how you actually became down with D-Block and, and where some of the roots come from. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, 
it, it started it started in the neighborhood, you know. Um, mind you, you know, um, I'm 11 years old, 12 years old. I'm rapping, and all the dudes that's my age, my peers, they really didn't really touch it the way I was touching it back then. You know what I mean? So, um, just being able to be out in the neighborhood, come outside, you see kids, you see styles. Uh, Styles actually was isn't originally from my neighborhood, mm-hmm. but he's from across town. But he frequent like every day. He's always pulling up. He's always chilling over there. But Kiss and Luch actually lived in my building. You know what I mean? So, um, again, you know the relationships were formed just from you know growing up together, being the little shorty on the block, and you know their OGs. You know were, were some of my OGs, and they the OGs always took a liking to me because I was always able to stay outside late. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm cutting up, telling, doing what I do, but I'm rapping. So our relationship kind of formed from there. And th- and at this time, you know, just so people understand, you know, again, the locks are a little older than me. You know what I mean? Um, At least four to five years older than me. And um, they weren't even on yet. You know what I mean? They were still um cutting demos. You know what I mean? So our relationship formed before this music thing really happened for any of us. You know what I mean? So it was just natural. It was just natural to just... You know, we didn't have a big meeting. Hey, yo, we want you to be down with D-Block. Like, it's automatic. It's it's my block. This is my hood. And I'm really outside doing the things that they were rapping about. And I was younger than them. So they took a liking to that. You know what I mean? And it, the rest was history. We just grew and, and just became one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, um, dur- during the original rise of the locks and the D-Block brand in general, you obviously went on vacation. I mean, it's, it's, it's well known right. that your fans know. Um, and, you, right. and you missed a lot of time. So now right. n- now in 2020, you know, people are always asking on social media, like, like why is this snipe out? Why is it this? Why isn't that? Do you think that time that you went away um, has affected where you are oh. now in your career? Yeah, that's a great question, brother. That's a it's the infamous Amadeus, Snipe. You know, we ask the real tough questions here on the right, infamous right. Boom Bat Nation radio. Right. I appreciate it because it brings the best out in me. You know what I mean? It makes me face my truth and, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, really be honest with myself, you know, while I answer a question of that magnitude. Um, Me personally, though, I feel like, you know, the prison didn't hinder my career. I think that the mentality that prison gave me mm-hmm. may ended some of my decisions that I made. And be, what I mean be, by be, being institutionalized in general. Right. And yeah. um just being stubborn by nature. Um before I went to prison I was young and you know I did a lot of grown adult things. You know what I'm saying? And um I always felt like I was like, you know, um my own person. So it was like I never really was with the hanging around, um hanging in their back pockets, you know. You know what we call them, you know, the D-Riders, yeah. you know, but I I never considered myself, you know, that type of cut from that type of cloth. So I always was quick to, quote unquote, do my own thing. You know what I mean? Never act for nothing. So I feel like when I came home, I had the mentality of I want to start my own company. I don't want to be somebody's rapper artist. I want to be the boss. You know what I'm saying? So I think that um, me with the independent um state of mind, I may have blocked a lot of my blessings, to be honest, man. Again, I'm just facing my own truth as I look back. Um, yeah. There was a lot of situations that I turned down, um, a lot of situations where I probably, they may have put me on a higher marquee if I kind of maybe went with the program, but I just, again, I've never I've never been, you know, the D-Rider type, and um, you know, even they'll tell you, you know, anybody that's listening, you can ask in any one of them, you know, um, like never... Act for a handout. Snipe never was 
calling out. And I got all three of their phone numbers, line one, no problem. But I never was the type that, you know, I need this, you know, I need that. I always like, yeah, I'm going to get it myself. I ain't asking dudes for nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I felt like that kind of mentality. And then I got comfortable with being independent. I got comfortable being able to not have to worry about deadlines, turning in things, asking, getting permission. I got comfortable with running the way a company would run on your own. And it just transcended to me being an artist like, I'm good in this lane. And my own truth, maybe that's one of my flaws in my career that I got too comfortable in that lane. Maybe I should have opened up a little more. Maybe I should have called more. Maybe I should have been, no, let me go to the show. Maybe I should have. Maybe I would be held to a higher, you know what I mean? But the respect is always there because they see that and they take note like that I never was that type, which is why fast forward now, I'm in a situation where it's basically, yo, take the brand, do whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? I don't got to ask for nothing. I do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do, because of that mentality that I, they've always seen me have. And they just know from common sense that he's not going to do what we call wing. He's not going to do something wing, idiotic, dumb, stupid. So, yeah, let him do whatever he want to do. If he's ready, then, you know, we'll have that meeting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, the the D-Block the brand in general has, has expanded. You know, initially they, they related the locks to Bad Boy. Then we had Rough Rider. And then it, it almost became right. like the Rough Rider became D-Block in a sense. And we have we have several artists on D-Block. We have yourself. We have Tony Moxberg. We have Whispers, Chris Rivers. Um, I know there's some people under the Soul Raspy brand. I'm not sure if like um, like Millie's and Nino Man are considered right. that right. or how, how that works. Um, I remember right. in, in right. my with my time around, y'all, it was pretty much the locks in you and everybody else was was secondary and i can speak that truth here to the millions of people that are listening um and and you've been on some prevalent records including the the p-rock is like that y'all with with the locks um you know the bullpen record or styles p album i mean we have just a bunch of records that you've been on and i I believe the other record was culture of the year all right on on the jada kiss joint Um, right, right, champions here. Right, the, the, right. The champions here. Um, out, out of all these records, which which one is your favorite that that you have hmm. with, 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 the, with the big brothers? I mean, there are guys that would just literally, you know, slit their wrists in the middle of you know Times Square during COVID nineteen to get a feature of one of these guys. You have multiple records with these guys. Which one would be your favorite out of all of them? Great, another great question, my brother. Um, man, right track record. You know, um. Sometimes, you know, um, as a side note, when we so focused on the here and now mm-hmm. and we're trying to get to that next phase, we very rarely take a step back and appreciate our journey. You know what I mean? So I say that to say that, you know, as I look back on my catalog and I look at the track record and just all the different opportunities and the, and the things that we've done, um, as far as the records are concerned, I probably would personally say with all three members, I probably got to give it to like that, y'all. I think that's probably my, my personal favorite lock record. And, you know, just for the record, you know when you got a classic because it doesn't matter. It's timeless. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter when the record come out. When that record goes off, and if you are my witness here, you've been on the road with me. We've been in cities, states that we've never been in, never touched foot. And when that record goes off, for some reason, it's always the same reaction. Yeah. Mayhem. It goes crazy. off. Super. Crazy. You know? And I feel personally, and I'll, I'll be you know, honest and tell y'all right now, I feel personally, they dropped the ball on that album, that, um, that song. They dropped the, the um, ball on that single because Flex dropped a million and five bombs on it, played it every day. 
two, three times throughout his show. And we never did nothing more with the record. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even they look back and when they seem like kids, you can, if you ask kids in the interview, from me, what's my, what's his favorite song from me? He's going to tell you, like that song. That's his favorite song that I'm on with them. You know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, man, it's just a classic record, man, just being appreciated. And people don't know, people don't know, like that song was obviously produced by Pete Rock. Pete Rock. The, the original plan was for the No Security album, the lot would showcase one artist on two different singles. So they were going to take their radio record, they were going to showcase the audio artists on that, and they were going to take their street record, the B-side, like we like to call it, mm. coming up in the golden era, and they were going to showcase it. I was the artist on the B-side. I was the artist on the Like That Y'all record, which was, was considered for the street. Mm. Now, the only thing I was supposed to do was kick a verse on that. But as you know, and as the world probably knows, that's me on the chorus, and that's me on the, on the verse on the album version of the song. Eat mm-hmm. Rock, who produced the record, was actually supposed to make the chorus for Like That Y'all. You know what I mean? And when he came to the studio, he just, it wasn't clicking that night. And just by the blessing, I happened to be at the right place at the right time. Yeah. And you know me personally, I'm very, um, uh, I can be aggressive at times, you know, um, when, I, when I'm standing up for something, I believe. And I feel like I just, Strong arm the record, like listen, I'm doing the hook. Chill, you a legend. You made the beat. You big bro. I got it from here, and they accepted it. And I came to them like, yo, this is the. They sitting there like, yo, so what's gonna be the hook now? And they was like, yo, Pete's in the back. You know the way the D Block Studio set up. He's yeah. in the back room, and they're like, yeah, Pete's doing the hook. I went right back there, Pete. I'm doing the hook. They came back. This is the hook, y'all. And they listened. They said, oh, that's it. Go lay it right now. And and the rest is history. So. That was cool, being at the right place at the right time, getting the most out of that record. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and if and if people got the No Security album as a as a last footnote, if people got the No Security album and they listen to they like that y'all record on the No Security album, besides the lock, I'm the only artist on that record with sixteen bars. Yeah. No, everybody it, else got eight balls. Everybody else got eight you know balls. But, but why? Do, why do we have two different versions of this record? Because we, we had the version with just all three of them with you on the hook, and then we have like another right. version that has you. You know, you're on the hook. Sixteen. Then we was was a large amount was on it. Large amount AP because an AP. Uh, actually, um, quick shout out to Shaheen Reed. Um, Shaheen Reed at this time was working with MTV. Um, very good brother. Um positive, always picked me up, um, did a lot of influential things in the game, and when he got a hold of the record from what was told to us, he wanted to push it to an MTV pilot. They actually came out, this is something that the world also doesn't know, he came out with cameras, Shaheen Reed, MTV, they came out with cameras, they came to our studio, we did a shock video, so it wasn't a bunch of takes, it wasn't a treatment, it was like play the beat. Y'all perform. That's what we call shock video. So, the, you know so, so I mean? there, is, there is a video for this record. There's a video somewhere around. I can't find. I've only seen clips of it from um, it being put on DVD. But I've never seen the full fledged. But it, it, there's a version of the video out there. And it's just me on there with them. You know what I mean? So uh, I think that they just wanted to introduce the rest of the artists because the record took off so much when they dropped it. So that by the time the album came, it was like, yo, we got to we got to do this 
we got to put this on here because everybody loves this record, but let's add the rest of the artists on it and just make it like a big, you know, symphony type of thing. You know, at least that's the only thing I could really assume that they were trying to do with putting everybody on it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but again, everybody got eight balls, four backs, mm-hmm. like you do whatever you want. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, 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 super dope. Now, for the real D-Block fans, um, right. th- they would associate you also with the bullpen. Now, be- being inside, right. being around you, I know this is a concept that Styles P had. Um, and then we had the record, the bullpen, which I've told you many times is one of my favorite records. It was produced by Vinny right. Idol. I-, I forgot what style. Is that on the same Styles P album that I shot the video, the um, the Welcome to New York? Is that the same project? or was No, it- that's not. Actually, that was the album before. That was the Float album. The Float album. Um, Right, mm-hmm. and just just minor minor correction, minor correction, my brother. The bullpen for all the D Block fans that is aware of it was solely my my own idea. The bullpen was my whole thing. I brought it to Styles, and I told Styles, "Listen, this is what I want to do. I want to put AP. I want to put Large, and we're gonna run with this. We're gonna call it the bullpen. This is why I feel it should be called the bullpen. I didn't even have to give him all of that. He was already sold." You know what I mean off of it. So I hand I single handedly designed that whole thing with the bullpen. Mm-hmm. So um when we did the when we did this song, there's a song on Style C's album, the float album, it's called Open Up Shop, mm-hmm. featuring the bullpen. Now, fun fact, fun fact, Styles was running late on turning in the float album. He was missing one song that he was waiting for me to put together with larger AP. Now we didn't have access to the studio on this particular night that we had to have the record recorded and turned in by. So what we did, we broke into the D-Block studio. Literally, <laughs> lockpicked, broke into the D-Block studio. Round of applause for that. <laughs> and um, we, we, um, we called our own engineer. Because, you know, at this moment, you know, we got Dave with a machine. That's yeah. my brother. Before Dave it was Pooh. Pooh did everything for us. We had pools at that time, but he wasn't in the area. So we called our own engineer. We broke in, called our own engineer, turned on all the um, all on the equipment. Excuse me, pause. Turned on all the equipment, and we recorded that song. Recorded the song, turned it in, and it got turned in, and everything was fine. I got a phone call from management. I got a phone call from Styles Management. This is a true story. Management calls me and says, hey, Snipe, we got the record. We love it. We putting it on the album. I just want to give you your um your writer's credit. How do you want us to put this on his album? Because we were just going to call it, you know, uh, Open Up Shop featuring Snipe Life and the bullpen. Mm. And and me being a team player, and this was totally my decision, I said, no, don't put my name. Only put the bullpen because I want people to start getting familiar with the bullpen. And I don't want people to think, like, this is the five heartbeats or something like that. We put one person before the other. So take my name off the credits. Now, mind you, take my name off the credits and just leave the bullpen. You guys can Google that. You guys can look it up, the Float album. It only says open up shop featuring South Sea in the bullpen because that's what I decided. That's what I wanted. I'm just a team player, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You've you always been a team player, Snipe. Now, what what happened to the bullpen a concept? Uh, recently, I've been seeing a large amount pop up on social media. We know AP at this point is non-existent because of certain career choices, etc. But what actually happened to the bullpen concept? Because I think people were excited about it. They saw it pop up. They're like, all right, we're going to get a dope group. We're going to get basically three, five, four in that kind of sense in a group. Right, um, right. Uh, well, what happened right. with it, though? What, what was the, the I issue? Mean, um, 
I mean, um, I could just say this, man. Um, in all honesty, I just, I personally, and those are my brothers. The reason why I even decided to even, you know, put them down with this and, you know, run it by them, like, Let, let's do this, because out of all the D-Block artists, I've always got fans always asking about either myself, either Large, or AP. And some people ask a lot of, about Bucky, but, you know, unfortunately, Bucky, as our brother D-Block artist, you know, he's doing a life sentence. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was out of the picture. So it was only left large amount in AP. And just out of the respect for my brothers, I wanted to make sure that they stayed relevant. Now, to be totally honest, I just feel like they couldn't keep up with me. They couldn't keep up with me. They had their schedules was conflictive. Um, I was always on go mode. I was always calling them. Yo, let's go get in here. I got some. And actually, we recorded probably 10 songs, the bullpen. Minimum, at least, we recorded 10 songs. And, um, you know, um, some of them they gave ideas and concepts to. But most of them was just me really, you know, playing the point guard. And I just felt like they wasn't moving fast enough for me. So, you know, their own lives, you know, took a, took a hold of the direction that they could really go with with the bullpen at that time. You know what I mean? Like I said, certain career choices, you know, family, you know, large, you know, he had his daughter. So it was just a lot of stuff. And it just, you know, in this game, you, we, you and I both know in this game, you got to be tip-top, always sharp, always on your toes, and always ready to go. You know what I mean? So the bullpen thing kind of fizzled out because of the work ethic I feel wasn't being matched. You know what I mean? But I still started to leak certain bullpen records, which is fast forward now. You know, people still talking about it. You see large popping up so, because these records have starting to show up on certain sites. And people's like, wow, the bullpen, this is crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Because they never really heard all of our records. They just heard us with styles and one or two, you know, off a mixtape. But we actually recorded a lot of dope songs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, shout out to Large Amount, um, AP, with Large Amount specifically. He, he was actually the first D-Block member that I actually met uh, before I met you, and I had him in the magazine, and et cetera. Now, mm -hmm. now the D-Block brand, we've had certain artists on there, particularly J-Hood mm -hmm. and Bully. Uh, J-Hood is okay. X out the equation. Uh, you, you and Bully in particular have had an interesting relationship and exchange on social yeah. media. Uh, where do we stand with that now? Um, you know, he, he's gone on I mean, rants on social media. You know, you've been kind of quiet um, because... I mean, at the end of the day, let's call it what it is. You're an elite lyricist, and they can't mess with you, period. Okay? They, nah, they, they yeah. can't. I mean, they, they can't. I mean, it's a whole fact, bro. I'm, I mean, fact. I mean I, I've known you for a long time. I've seen you work personally. I managed you at one time. We've been on the road together. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but, but but where did this whole, like, bully situation happen? What was it around I mean, D-Block? Was it hood stuff? Again, like, what was it? I mean, you know, again, you know, just for the record, you know, we. this is old. This is so old news, right? But, you know, I, you're right. I was, you know, to, to a certain extent, I was very quiet on social media about it. You know, I, I you know, throw my darts, you know, when I felt necessary. But just overall, yeah, he did a whole lot more renting than anybody did. Um, What a lot of people don't know, real quick, me and Bully are both from the same hood. We're both from 354. He's legitimately, you know, um, from my block, right? growing up um he was an artist under me just you know for one um with 354 again 354 was my company and my man company um shout out to my bro wop he was considered like one of the ogs on the block when we were growing up you know he did some prison time then i went to do prison time and we started you know writing each other from different prisons and we came up with the concept like yo he all like again everybody in my hood know i was always the nicest in my hood so 
you know, he came home. He's like, yo, let's do this. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. I'm like, yo, I'm with it. Let's do it. We came home. Like, yo, you know what? Let's put Bully down with us. Fuck. Oh, excuse me, Paul. Let's put him down with us. So we put him down with us during that time. But people don't know, growing up, as far as the essence, Bully used to be my beatbox. Dude, you know what I mean? Oh, he was oh, a dude. Oh, so, so he was a beatbox guy. So, so I'm, I, I'm really. I think you know. Sometimes when you get certain situations, you know, you start to look back. You get mad at certain things, like you know what I mean. And it was hard for him to face maybe the fact that you know I have a part in your career because you didn't rap. I rap. All I made you do was to beat all day. So I had to influence you at some point. You never rapped around me. You never could rap. Your life. I go away. I come home. Now you're rapping. That's great. You're from the block. I'm putting you down with me. Not the other way around. Putting you down with me. So let's get that right. So that's why when I talk my stuff and I say three, five, four, ball talk, I feel like I'm the top of the top when it comes. Besides the lot, because, again, they're older. It's a different era. We're younger. So for my peers, I'm that dude. And everybody else that you ever heard of, they under me. I don't care who they are. So at the end of the day, fast forward, he made some unwise decisions. That had nothing to really do with music, more about, you know, the image that we portray and what we stand for. And that's just his demons that he got to fight with with them. But for some reason, I don't know. I guess he felt that he had a shot with me. You know what I mean? And and just so people could know, because there's some people that's a real diehard D-Block fans and they hit me every day. They still act about it. What people got to understand, I'm from a different core. I'm not from this era pushing buttons, getting on camera, talking. I'm the guy that you got to face. And I'm not the toughest guy in the world by far. But I was tough enough that when I came around these individuals and I would arrogantly throw my chest around, everybody would put their head down. Nobody would stand up. No one wanted to argue and go chest to chest with me. So when the cameras came on and then I seen this, I was appalled. Like it just I, That's when I just say, you know what, I quit. Because at the end of the day, in my book, if I see you in person, and I'm aggressively running down on you, and I'm, you know how I am, and I'm very loud, vulgar. If I'm doing that to you in person, and then you go rap about it, we not the same. So now I can't waste my time. So just so people know, this is why I decided not to go on these rants, because in real life, I put the pressure on. You know, I put the pressure on. You know what I mean? And everybody from my neighborhood in my city of Yonkers knows this. So, you know, again, man, at this present day, somebody just asked me on a live recently about it. And I actually said on my live, none but peace and blessings and love to that brother. I don't got no issues. I'm over here. Like you said, I'm an elite MC. I don't, the stuff that he got to write for hours, I'll freestyle that. So we not the same. And you know, if you've been in the studio, I don't write rhymes. You know what I'm saying? I'm with the elite spitters. I'm with the Jada Kisses, the Styles, the Dave Eases. I don't write rhymes. I'm right there. If I'm not tearing their head off, I'm making them sweat. Like, yo, this is crazy. And it's been done. That's why they decide. That's why they let me do what I want. And that's why they keep me close enough to where, yo, you already know. You got the green light because I proved my work ethic. You know what I mean? So, you know, you got bitter MCs, man. They got bitter habits. And it just don't match up. I've been to jail. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you was writing rhymes. I was in the yard. We're not the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So why would I even come down off my level to entertain that? I got pictures on my Instagram. Y'all can follow me. Snipe my D-block. I was in some of the toughest jails as a youth with jewelry on. You know what I'm saying? God bless. No faith. 
no cuts in my face, wilding, being out, being one of the best in the jail. So everybody knew me, moving around the jail, coming home to doing this. So it's like, would I really want to waste my time going back and forth with somebody who who track record don't match up with mine? I look wing. You know what I mean? So that's why I just left it alone. Because in the street, the streets talk. They know. You don't got to be a killer on Instagram or on social media, period. The streets will tell you. The streets will tell you who real and who not. You know what I'm saying? And I always hung my hat on that. Word. No, nah, super, super dope. Integrity is important to, to everyone in your circle now. Speaking of integrity, um, in my time around you guys, I, I've had, I've grown to have a different admiration for Styles P. Um, I, I mean, I, a lot of people don't know, like, he is really, like, not only an elite lyricist, but I think his workload and everything is super underrated. You know, we've been in situations right. where Styles sleep on the floor. You know, he pulls up in the right. Hoopty van with the A-Rabs. Um, how big, right. how big right. has the inspiration Styles been to your career? Because it kind of seems like when the D block when the D block albums drop, you know we see Kiss, we see Sheik, but you're always on Styles uh, uh, records. Oh, he always keeps you in the loop. So yeah, how important has Styles been to your career? A lot of people say that, and you know it's crazy. Um, just just so much alike in different ways. You know, um, mentally. Well, you guys aura. have the same birthday. We got the same birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we kind of shared the same tragedy. You know, he lost his young brother. You know, um, to a car accident. I lost my mom to a car accident. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, going going through the struggle. You know, um, not proud of my past, but my past is who makes me who I am today. You know, and um, I try to not, you know, always speak on it. But you know, he says it in some of his famous rhymes. I'm a robber with guest jeans and Air Max jobs. I went to jail for robbery. Like that's what I really did. You know what I'm saying? I really went out and did the stuff they was rapping about. So. Again, fast forward, you know, um, what people don't really know is me and Styles ain't really clicked, like, in the earlier days. Oh, so, I was the, young, so, so in the beginning, it wasn't, like, a developed yeah, relationship. Me and, me and Styles didn't really click until when I came home. He was the first one that I ran into when I came home. And um, I think from there, he asked me what I need, you know, stuff like that, you know, was right there. Um, Never had to ask Styles for anything, you know what I mean? Never had to ask any of them for anything. But I don't know. I Me personally... I kind of grafted a little more towards Styles because it's like each of the brothers always had like that one artist that they kind of had with them in the midst of all of us. You know what I'm saying? Like with Luch, you know, Luch always had Bully. You know what I mean? Like that was his go-to. You know what I mean? Nothing personal against us, but for him and his perception, that's who he kind of leaned for. You know what I mean? And then, you know, Kiss had his favorites. And, you know, Styles never had a favorite. Like, you've never seen Styles lean on another artist. If you look back, even the D-Block fans, all the Locks fans, think about it. Styles never had an artist that he really leaned on. You know what I mean? So, us coming from similar backgrounds to a certain extent is what kind of drew me more closer to him. And then once we got the building, like, yeah, I probably got more stuff with Styles than any of them, than anybody else. You know what I'm saying? And I'm kind of proud of that because, again, Styles was very influential, you know what I mean, to all of us. And you know, um, you just got to respect the real G, man. When you see certain things, again, that happen in the streets that we don't get to share on social media and the integrity that comes with it, yeah, like, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, what you going to do? You going to roll with the rush. You going to try to stand next to the realest one. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and that's just, you know, that's just how that went. You know what I mean? Um, the, the the fans right now in hip hop they're watching this whole new crop of boom bap artists, uh, particularly Griselda Records. 
And, right. and, and you have Griselda Records, you have Benny, you have Conway, and then you have like Rick Hyde, and Rick Hyde is the person that opens up for them. You, in a sense, not to compare you to Rick Hyde, but you're kind of that person for the locks. When they see the locks show, you come out first. You're the hype man. You're the person that comes on stage. You're the person that they see first. What, what is the mentality going into that on that stage? Because you're coming on in front of three legends who each have individual catalogs plus a catalog, integrity, and, and a respect for lyricism, especially Styles and, and Kiss. Both of them mm-hmm. are in people's top fives, particularly Kiss, right. but I think more... As we creep 2020 and beyond, the conversation becomes more about Styles because he's been more consistent throughout time. Um, what is the mind preparation coming into that? Because I know at the end of the day, it, this is a career. This is what we build for. But you still must get the goosebumps and the butterflies before coming on the stage. Right, thoughts? right, 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 man. I mean, you know, on the outside, you never see it. You know what I mean? Um, that's a true professional. You know what I mean? And whatever, whatever, you know, um, thing that you're involved in, if you're a professional, you know, on the outside, you know how to wear it, you know, but definitely, I'm human, I bleed too, man, I was nervous, I was scared, you know, um, goosebumps and, you know, things of that nature, but it's like, I guess, you know, when you, when you're bred into something, it just becomes second nature, and I feel like with this thing, as far as being an MC in a, in a, in a crowd-controlled situation and, and, and grabbing or demanding their attention, you got to be built for it. you got to be bred into it. And I did this since I was young. You know what I mean? This started back with, you know, school days, doing assemblies, you know, in the auditorium. You know, I recited a Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King speech when I was 10 years old. I recited the whole I Have a Dream speech off the head. You know what I'm saying? To a whole school. You know what I mean? So I've always been bred for that, for that moment in the spotlight. So it's like, as a human being, if you're not getting these things, then it's it's not therapeutic. It's therapeutic to get the goosebumps, to get nervous because it keeps you sharp. It keeps you on your on your toes. And it's just like once I hit the stage, you know, knowing a few things, knowing that these people love us, they love our music. I know I'm nice, and I'm here with legends. Like let loose, you know what I mean? Let them get a dose. And it's like once I get that first mic check in, it's you know what I mean. And you've been with me. You've been with me, and we've tore down. And we didn't. We had spots where we didn't have the locks with us, and we tore stuff down. Yeah. Or we had spots where we had one of them with us, mm-hmm. and we tore down. And I've always had that game face. But bro, it was a lot of times when you introduced me on the stage, and I was nervous, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But when I heard that crowd, it, it goes in. You feed off the energy, and it, then you become one. Yeah. So you know, it, it was always an exciting time. And then knowing these three guys is about to come up here and send y'all all home. So let me get mine then. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all not going to remember nothing else but when they come on. You know what I mean? So... Um, I, I, I know in your time being around just in hip hop agenda, you have amazing road stories. Just my time with you, we've had amazing road stories. Just you know, just me and you on the road on our own. A lot of people don't know we we went on the road. Uh, we've been on the road with Kid right. Styles. Uh, we got kicked out of damn right. in New Hampshire together. I got into right. a fist right. fight with DMX damn near in Maine. <laughs> okay, and, and right. there's been a right. bunch of situations. Right. I mean, we've had amazing stories. But if you could pick one story, just in general, the whole time you've been an artist, like just a quick brief story on some of the things, like just something you've been on the road that just sticks out to you. Man, I, I, I like to resort back to every time when I hear something, anything that sounds like that and that angle, um, I got to resort back to... Uh, I forget what tour this was, man. Um, it was a lot tour. Um, 
I can't recall the name of it at this at this particular moment. Um, oh, Holy Trinity, the Trinity Talk. So you know the locks for the fans, they know the locks drop. You know, uh, well, let's say maybe a compilation like little EP called the Trinity, mm-hmm. and it was uh, I think it was like what two parts, maybe three. Yeah, not it sure. was three parts. It, it was like okay. three things rolled out into like one album type of situation. Right, yeah. right, right. So so we're on this we're on this tour, and um, we hit the West Coast. Never been to the West Coast in my life, so this was my very first time. Cali, um, Arizona, Sacktown, you know, um, and this one particular for this one particular show, we was in the Bay. We was actually in the Bay, and um, again, I've never been on West Coast soil, so I'm not really expecting them to know who I am. You know what I mean, like that. You know, now all stuff up until this point, again, this was the situation. If we had artists with us. You know, one or two of them would go on. But I was always the guy that would go on right before the lock goes on. You know what I mean? So um, we're in, we're in, we're in the bay. My man is up there. He's doing his thing, you know. The crowd wasn't too appeasing, to be all honest, you know. So I, I grabbed the mic, you know, middle of his set. I comes out on the stage. middle. Of, I'm supposed to go after him. But I'm not really liking the energy that he's received. So... I jump out, I grab the mic from him, and yo, we came all the way here from New York, you know, what up? Like, uh, you know, it's D blocking, you know, and no security, and, you know, we saying all these, you know, what the crowd started screaming back to me, it was the <laughs> most am- amazing thing. Man, they was like, man, screw the deep, yo, that's 354. Yo, the crowd started screaming 354, and I almost painted, man. I cannot, I became a fan. Like, that was the one time. In my whole career, where I was starstruck of my own self, I didn't even know what else to say. I was just like, wow, like this is amazing. How, let alone forget D Block and no security. They appreciated my early work. A, how did they even know about 354? I don't know. What songs they, they were screaming 354. And my man, Technician the DJ, one of the greatest DJs in this game right now today, Technician the DJ. Stop the record and say, he was even amazed. Say, yo, Snipe, they say 354. I think it's time for you to go right now. So, you know, my, bro- my brother, I love you, but we had to kick him off the stage. And I just had to take over, like, literally. Literally. Amazing, bro. Amazing. I love anybody that's tapping anywhere with you from the Bay. Always genuine salute, man. Genuine love, man. Appreciate they know hip hop, and you'd be surprised because you know it's the bay. You know, we talking about E40. You know, you know what I mean. And they they were screaming three five four. That was just amazing to me. <laughs> Word. Yeah, uh, super amazing. And your stage performance is is actually um, immaculate. Um, you know, we've seen a bunch of artists perform, but you in particular are super dope. Now, where did you come up with the concept of not actually writing rhymes? I've been in the studio for you, and, and for the listeners right now here on Boobat Nation Radio and Infamous Hour, not only have I produced records for Snipe Life, but I've shot more videos for any artist out of my whole 140 catalog. Snipe Life and my guy Swerve, I have to mention Swerve, you guys I've shot. Right, absolutely. Between... <laughs> I would say 30 videos between between both of you. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and, and yeah. Including, I think the only video with the only two videos with you two in it. I think I shot both of them, which is the uh, the raw yeah. the raw yeah. R- yeah. record and the and the September tenth record with me. Um, how did you develop the skill set to actually not write a rhyme and to actually um, remember the bars in your head? I've seen you do it. It's an amazing process. Can you talk about how you developed this a little bit? Um, man. Oh, just to add another one on there too. You know, you did the oh, uh, you did the video for the Sig Music Joint. I don't even know if you said that. Oh, that's we right, the, the same music joint, that's right. Oh, yeah, right. I produced that one, we, too. Right, and you shot it, and we was out of town. We was in mad Boston somewhere. We so, were in so, Rhode so. Island that time. Yeah, okay, Rhode Island. They got to give you your flowers, bro. You can put yeah, a lot of round of applause for my damn self. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. <laughs> you got man around the floor. But yeah, man, um, I think, you know, I've, I've been asked that before. And honestly, in all honesty, I got it. This was one of the, you know, um, take the good with the bad you know um the curse the curse was that i had to go to jail at a young age you know what i'm saying but the gift was what i learned from it what i gained from it and um one of the most important things that i gained from it was that um there were times when you know um you know people that have been to jail you know you know you, you you're in jail that's one thing but then when you get in trouble and you're in jail you get put in the box you know what i mean you get put in the queue you know what I mean? So they take all your privileges from you, all your writing privileges, your pens, your papers. You don't have nothing. Now, at this particular moment, there's, a, there's pretty much a, a war, battleground going on for, for lyricists, for MCs in the jail. Everybody's, you know, fighting for that top supremacy. You know what I mean? And I was always in the top two or three in the whole entire jail. So by me having to sit away from that and not be able to write my rhymes, I had to figure out what I was going to do to stay sharp. But when I got back to the yard, I had to kind of jump right back in where I left off. I can't come back and be slacking, can't come back. So that's when I developed it. I developed the act of like just, you know, just saying two or three lines in my head at a time and putting it on pause, going back to it later or what have you, and just adding to it. Again, you know, I was bred from that. I, I recited a Dr. Martin Luther King speech, man. I have a dream, like. And I was 10 years old. So my memory was very sharp. You know what I'm saying? So um, that combined with that combined with reading Source magazines, because this is when Source magazines was very popular. There was an interesting interview in there with Jay-Z, uh, Beanie Siegel. And Beanie Siegel was saying in the interview how he was amazed how Jay-Z just basically did seven songs off the top of his head. He didn't write nothing down. And, I, and that's the, for me as an artist, that is the first time I've ever heard of that in my life. Period. No rap. Not the lock. Nobody. I heard Jay-Z did seven songs off the top of his head. That's ridiculous. And just me, and just me sitting there thinking about that is exactly. I'm like, how? I just want to remember a few rhymes. This kid is making a whole song. Yeah. That's why he's, you know, where he's at as one of the GOATs. But that inspired me. So, you know, taking that visualizing, reading that story, visualizing it, and then putting it to my own life, that's where I came up with it, man. And and once I got comfortable, like, actually doing it, I, there was a time where I was actually not comfortable writing because I was so used to just putting it in my head, just putting it in my head. And it became verse after verse, song after song. Like, to this day, like, I create a whole song my whole album, I never wrote a rhyme. I haven't wrote a rhyme in years, bro, to be totally honest with the people. I can't remember the last time I wrote a rhyme. 
and I'm not talking about D Block, No Security, which came out by the way, 2009, 2010, mm. right under Koch Records, formerly under Koch Records, known as E1 Music. Now, when that album came out, then I didn't write no rhymes for no songs on it. So ever since then, I've just been coming with it, and I'm just so comfortable in my element with it now because I'm a Sag, you know, by nature. Sagittarians were yeah, very natural. um thinkers with deep thinkers so you know again it just felt comfortable for me you know what i mean and just let me add to y'all another reason why me and styles is so close styles is the only artist that i've seen beside myself that's the same thing not write that's a rhyme, fact not write any rounds down and come up with the most amazing verse that you probably would think take you two weeks to write and he just and the way that he would do it he would rock everybody to sleep because he would act like he would sleep on the couch. I thought he wasn't even paying attention. There's a very popular song that we shot a video for that I'm pretty sure the world knows also um, called Discipline mm -hmm. that was produced by Benny Idol. And we shot the video for it. And it has this ill piano in it. One of the first times you probably heard an ill piano like that. Again, people can look it up. He never wrote that rhyme. And he, start, he starts the song off and he sets the bar so high that the only person that could come after him was me, which you see on the song and in the video. You know what I mean? But he sat in the studio that night, and I thought he was sleeping because he had his hoodie on, and the beat playing, and it's like he's not paying attention. He's thinking he's resting. And then out of nowhere, he just jumps up like, all right, y'all, I'm going to. And it's like, what? You were sleeping? I thought you were sleeping. And he just did the most amazing verse. Like, so, you know, that's another reason why I kind of always – clung to styles because i knew his, his mind was so crazy like his brain i respected his, his his consciousness you know what i mean yeah and it just it carries on it carries over man you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. super dope uh now for the d-block fans for the snipe Life fans in particular we heard this song called new york 90s it, it came out of nowhere um it was right. the first time that we heard the locks as a whole collaborate with any artist this was before right. this was before the uh the trinity uh ep um, and just to confirm here, because I've been asked this a lot of times, there we actually started this video. Um, I only got to shot you. We didn't get to shoot anybody else. Um, right. But but the New York '90s uh, uh, record was produced by Psycho Less, and then we have the mm -hmm. back again. We have the back again part two. Now originally, correct me if I'm wrong. That record was on that EP. Is it still right. on there with the re-release? Did you take it off? Like where is that record exactly? Right. That's a very good question. It's crazy. I probably, just for the love of the fans, I probably should have included it again on this updated Why, why didn't you include it in particular? Um, you know, um, you know, just to make it in a short form as I can, um, I don't really have too many fond memories of releasing the first project, which was called Back Again. Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to move away from most of, if not everything, that was connected to that project because, you know, um, I did a I did a online distribution deal with somebody that basically tried to snake me. You know what I mean? And I end up actually having to take legal action to get the album removed from all of the distribution sites and even iTunes. So a lot of people is probably wondering, well, you're dropping an EP that I've never heard the initial two you're calling this ep part two where's part one you know and that new york 90s record with the lot was the anchor yeah. you know to to that first project and because it just was a lot of politics that i wasn't prepared for coming from the street where i'm at 
I just wanted to get away from, you know what I'm saying? Completely. Yeah, right, right. But that's definitely, that's definitely um, another one of my favorite joints produced by Psycho Less. Gives you that real New York 90s feel. My boy that we speaking to right now, my brother M, definitely came out his way. We was actually in Washington Heights. On you know on Dykeman, Sherman in the Heights area, and we would shoot videos and you know the poppies. That's a whole other thing because you know I'm the first bookie in my city, so you know what I mean. Um, it all seemed right. Yo, let's go down here. We're gonna do this right here in front of the betting spot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was super dope, though. That was super yeah, dope, and it was super dope because I'm actually from that area too. So Dykeman, um, you know, you guys go there with the whole bookie situation. Now, how many different records do we have on the back again two from the back again one? Because it's technically the same project, but I think you added, you you subtracted some pieces and you took away some pieces. So we have New York '90s. That was one record. We have the record that I produced with uh, I think Sig was on the record. That record is not on it. Right. Um, how many right. how many right. different right. records did we swap in and out with creating the the, the new version of this project um i probably on this project i probably only have two records from the first project on this record and by the way the record that you produced with sig uh was a very special record to me because it was like dedicated to my mom yeah and um i i I guess the competitive side of me didn't want to use it again because someone actually used the same sample in the same in the same beat, I feel like I feel like they jacked me for it. No, they they and jacked they me all the way, and it was a number one record in the country. Round of applause for that! Right, right, right. <laughs> because we we put so the record out first without without blackballing ourselves here on national radio. But we put the record out first, and then they sampled the record. And it became the number one record in the country. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. yeah, and that's crazy. So you know, um, I again, I didn't want my competitive nature of originality. Didn't want you know, to get the confusion because I did actually put it through the portal to be released only to, you know, have this, you know, unfortunate situation. And now that I was coming back to it, I felt like it was too soon. I felt like it was too soon from that first record that you're talking about that was number one in the country. I felt like it was too soon for me to just add it back to my project because that's probably what's more fresher in people's minds. You know what I mean? Not knowing that actually, that's our stuff. They jacked us. No, they you jacked know, us crazy. <laughs> but when you, you know, make a million dollars a year, you can do that type of stuff. Round of applause. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so real, Snipe. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right, Boom Bap Nation Radio. This is it for Miss Alma Day. As I have my, one of my good friends, Snipe Life, uh, like I said earlier in this in this episode, uh, there's not so many people that you could meet in this industry that stay like friend. Forget friends, family. Like you know, what I mean, these are people that have been in your wedding. Right. I mean, you know, just right. dope, dope right. relationship that me and Snipers had. So 2020 and beyond, what is next for Snipe Life? Um, we kind of went through the whole resume, and we'll continue this. I guess we're gonna plan some sort of Instagram live situation where I'll get to like host right. your Instagram live, and we can have some dope conversations. Dope. We can talk about the DMX yeah. fist fight potentially yeah. that almost yeah, happened. Let's do that. We could talk yeah, about us getting kicked out of New Hampshire, the entire state of New Hampshire, and every cop let's in New Hampshire coming and talking and kicking us out of the damn hotel. And an interesting story, hey. Snipe had the room key, and we actually ended up going back in the hotel with all the chicks yeah, running yeah, across. Yeah, we kept it New York. We kept it New York. We kept it all the way to New York. So, so 2020 no. beyond, we have this new project. Um, what is next for Snipe Life? And more importantly, are we going to get this No Security 2 album? Because I feel like we've yes. been hearing about right. this No Security 2 album for at least over 10 years. Um, is right, this album right. coming? Um, like, what's happening? Yeah, so, um, you know, the No Security thing, 
and I actually had a conversation with Styles, uh, particularly about, you know, what direction, how were we going to go about doing those security? And, um, he personally felt that, um, he personally felt that part two, like, look, <laughs> and it's crazy because my project is, but you know, my project is different because people didn't get a chance to actually, um, really digest. Um, back again, the original EP, because literally it came out November 4th, and by January 15th, I had all kinds of subpoenas in on every website to have it removed. Yeah. So we never really grew legs. You know, we had records on there that Ebro broke on Apple Music. You know, we had plans to um, perform records with Jimmy Fallon, all of this fly stuff, and, you know, this guy, you know, wanted to be a hypocrite or wanted to be ignorant or, or um, let's just say, outright greedy. And he kind of blocked a lot of our blessings as a whole. So, you know, moving past that, um, Styles did say that he didn't like the idea of part two. He didn't like the idea of uh, no security part two. So, he don't, so no security, I think it's just, we're just going to let that, you know, die out. Like, okay. we're not going to call the two, we're not going to call it no security part two. You know what I mean? That was first thing. Um, then the next thing is that, you know, intertwined as the people could see, you know, you got a Styles album, you got a Kiss album, you got the Looch Project, you got a Lost album on the way. So it's just like um a roller coaster of different emotions that they want to carry the people through first to bring it back to the home forefront, so to speak, with the D Block Project. But we don't really have a, a we don't really have a name for it yet. You know what I mean? But um, it's definitely slated for the end of this year. That was our goal. Our goal, you know, despite this pandemic going on currently. Our main goal was to get the new D-Block album out by this year. So um, we'll see what happens, you know, with the pandemic and everything, how we turn out. But definitely for all the D-Block fans, definitely look forward. 2020, you will definitely hear a new D-Block project. That's a guarantee. We'll probably drop right after the Locked album because the Locked album will be out this year and we'll come right behind. That's just what we do. You know, and as far as myself, I got this Back Again Part 2 project out right now, you know, as we've been talking about. And um, I actually have an actual album tucked away in the chamber that I'm ready to release for the summer. You know what I mean? And um, this album already is complete. Um, it, it appears it has features from I have M.O.P. on this project. I have Smith & Wesson on this project. I have Royal Flush. I have terminology. The list goes on. I got, you know, the home team, obviously. And um, it's just, I got an ill record with Styles and Steel from Smith & Wesson. I, I threw Luch with Tech from Smith & Wesson and Teflon from MOP. Like, I just danced around with a lot of the boom bap stuff that I used to listen to mm-hmm. and appreciate. You know what I'm saying? So that, And I actually have a name for the album before somebody tried to jack my name. But this album is coming out in the summer. It's called Ingenuity. I need people to look up what ingenuity means. It means the art of being clever or original. And I want people to understand what my journey was like. Because, again, you know, I, I've seen it myself. I've been hit with the comparisons and, and this and that in the nature. And, you know, the work ethic overrules everything. Your work ethic shows where you really stand, you know. And I got my big brothers right along with me for the ride. Anything I needed them on, they always jumped on. You shot my video, or you, we actually wrote. What did, what did we do here, my brother? The first day that I met this man, the first day that I met Infamous Amadeus, 
he already had a whole thing going. He had yeah. a magazine. I get a magazine popping. That's he a had fact. a thousand applause. Yes, yes. Give that man a round of applause. He had he had a thousand artists in the building. Everybody from good to oh man, my song. And, and this and this is kind of before Snipe, before anybody kind of even knew who these guys were. Like when it came to social media, I mean, right. you, you knew who my son was because he had the deal back and forth when he went to jail. But they didn't really know right. Goods. They didn't know Umpi. They didn't know a lot of these guys at this time. Especially right, right. like Christian Dior. They didn't know about him. They didn't know about Fred the Godson. I mean, they didn't know about none of them. Right. Right, so we got all my brothers, all you know, these talented brothers in here, and he's doing his thing. Emphasis, you know, he's um, you know, he's the MC of the moment, um, giving the interviews out, and you know, you go over there and go in the dressing room. He had, he, this kid had wardrobes. I mean, this guy right here, you guys gotta respect this guy, man. He he had wardrobes. He had girls, models, cameras, everything. and not only that, we had elite girls. Round of applause for that. Elite girls, elite girls. <laughs> Lisa and one of the one of the last people, one of the last people that I know personally that shot Prodigy before you know his untimely demise. Yeah. And this particular night, though, that I'm mentioning, the first night that we ever met each other, I come. Correct me if I'm wrong. He already got the scene lit. Well, I, I, I didn't know that game. you guys were planning a video. So this is how this whole relationship started. <laughs> I didn't know you guys were doing a video, but continue. Yeah, so I come rolling up in there. I'm like 30 deep. You know, I don't even know Imp, but, you know, I just got that. That's why we, me and Imp clip so well, because we got that, yo, we got to go regulate type of mentality. So I don't know these guys, but, you know, I got Jadakiss with me, so I don't care who's in there. So I'm coming, in, I'm coming up in there, and we taking over this thing. And, um, yeah, so, we, you know, I come up in there. I actually was due to have an interview with you for the magazine, which was also dope. Um, Imp was always given a platform to up-and-coming artists, whether it be through magazines or through interviews. So I always want to commend you for that, my brother. I appreciate it. Yourself. And um, this was just one of those moments that you had given a platform for these artists to be on the cover of your magazine, and I happened to be included. But what you didn't know was I came with a whole camera crew. I'm shooting <laughs> video. Watch out, y'all. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, and, and it was crazy. And, and you know, and, and, at first it was and, like, yo, who the hell is, you know, this? But <laughs> you warmed up. You warmed up to it. And we became close. We became super close That's yeah we did thing. no this was the beginning of our relationship and, and a lot of people don't know this was actually the first major music video that i ended up editing because the way the situation had kind of worked out i i don't know if you remember i spazzed out in the video shoot I, I was I, I was trying to do an interview and shout, shout the street heat tv they came they just bogarted my whole set they already had a pre-arranged <laughs> a, agreement with Shaw boogie shout out to him and um, yeah, I, bl- <laughs> right. I blacked out like, yo, what's going on? Because, you know, we, we really worked hard to arrange this set. And we had like damn near 400 people at this video shoot. Like, I mean, just in total, like just people in the hallway, the magazine. I mean, the magazine was relevant this time. And, and moving forward, not to skip too, too crazy. Yeah. We actually yeah. flooded out Griffin. So a lot of people don't know, may not know who Griffin is because Griffin uh, is, is obsolete now. But Griffin was the lead club. Because of what we're talking about right now, we zooed out Griffins. I mean, That's legendary night. Everybody got to perform at Griffins. Um, and, this, this, and you know, Griffin. Griffins definitely was um, one of the main spots that they recorded one of the first Love and Hip Hop New York set. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to give that up. That's very legendary. Very legendary. Yeah, yeah, super legendary. This was the first time I met you. This was actually the first time that I met Jada Kiss. 
And this is the first time that I was kind of introduced to the whole D block thing. But you know, you know, honestly, right. like, you know, it was a blessing to have that, right. if, and for us to develop a, a friendship. You know, I mean, Absolutely. that that was like eight years ago. So, I mean, think Absolutely. about how much time has passed. Eight years. I, mean, I think it's been an amazing journey. What you think? Absolutely, bro. Um, wouldn't have, wouldn't have had it any other way. Like I said, um, you know, came to the wedding. You know, um, I consider your kids, fans, all they all family. Um, your wife, that's sis forever. And um, it's very rare that you can meet people in this business and actually develop personal relationships. Like this is a guy. Just so y'all know, this is a guy. I don't care what happened. I don't care who did what. If he calls. He already know what type of time. It's go time. And and I know that, and I know that's vice versa. So of you know, just to give y'all a level of the depth of the the respect and loyalty that I got for him, and vice versa, he can call me about anything. I don't care who's right or who's wrong. We might have even had a situation, not not too drastic, but within the home team that I had to flip on my own man because. Answers my door. Yeah, and that's not a fact. Talk about my man. Yeah, he's not gonna be funny or make jokes because I'm a crack. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and um, I think that our relationship was something that you know um a lot of these artists need to see and understand because this game is so cold. And when you get it, it's a breath of fresh air. You know, like you said, you could call me. It don't gotta be music related. It don't gotta be money related. You make the phone call, I'm already on a hunt. And yeah, that's how we've always been. We've always been like that. You yeah. know? And I just want to say I appreciate everything that you're doing for the game, bro, because you started with nothing. You turned nothing into something. You are a true definition of what independence, taking control of your own destiny is, man. And yeah, you know, you're going to hold myself. Absolutely. You know, you know, Snipe, Snipe was the first person that told me that I could actually manage a, a, a major artist. But one of the things that me and you have to do, like moving forward, like when your birthday comes around, uh, we have to continue our tradition of the competition of birthday gifts because this is something that yes, me and you yes. had. Uh, people don't yes. know this. Like I know this. <laughs> your 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 wife knows this, and my wife knows this. Nobody else knows yes. this, but me and you had like a personal like uh like like competition with birthday gifts. Secret battle. Yeah, yeah, yes. secret battle. So like I had my birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as it stands, as it stands, you know, you started that. You I know, did start that. It started that because he didn't tell me, of course, obviously, but you know, as as my bro would do, you know, yo, I'm gonna throw you a party. It's your birthday. We throwing you a party. We getting in any club that's popping, and we taking it over, and it's gonna be a snack leg night. Not only did he did that, but this guy goes out of his way to get the most amazing, amazing birthday cake. With my face, my whole, yo, he killed me with that, bro. <laughs> killed me with that. He took my single that we were talking about, New York Night. He took my single and put the whole single on the cake. Oh, man, you got to give a round of applause for that, bro. Of course. And, you know, I had to come back. I had to come back. I had to fire back. So, we, we you know, fast forward, it's his birthday, and, you know, I'm sneaking in early. I don't even go to clubs early. What am I, doing? <laughs> I don't remember what club it was. <laughs> we was in Queens. I know we was in Queens yeah. somewhere. You know what I mean? And I had Wifey in on it. She knew because you didn't know. But me and Wifey was calling each other like, yo, I he did. I wait. I'm running in now. And it was crazy. It was amazing because the look on your face, because I was so nonchalant, never giving away that I had something up my sleeve for you. 
your, the look on your face was priceless, dog. And like you said, I knew at that moment that that was our special little thing. Like besides yeah. everything else that we got, that was our little thing. So definitely, when it's hopefully this pandemic get out of here, yeah, we gotta get, get back, back to the birthday home. wars. Definitely the birthday exactly, wars. Yeah, exactly <laughs> on you, brother. It's I know. On your no, it, 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 start, it started with a birthday cake and then snipe fire back with a birthday cake, and then I think. The next year, I think I got you like a bottle, like rose, and then like you, you yes. fire back with a rose. It was just like, and this went on it for like crazy. five years. Like even yeah, after I stopped managing you full like, time, we, it, like it still went on. Come, this guy would come with one bottle, and he had this girl bringing. So then it's his birthday. I was like, all right, I got a trick for you. So he gets the bottle, and then you know I got the girl sneaking behind him and. He, they just hitting, they just showering him with bottles. Yeah, that's how that's how it went on, man. Give it up for my guest, Snipe Life D Block. Uh, 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 a Nation Radio. I'm the host, Infamous Day. It's actually been on for an hour, and this is dope because when you have like general friendship and conversation, uh, you can you can go on. So, so 2020 and beyond, real quick before we get out of here. I know you're busy. I know you're taking over the world. Uh, uh, what what are you expecting from Snipe Life 2020 and beyond? Yeah, 2020 and beyond, man. I'm gonna drop more music. Um, I'm going to actually um, put my hand into um, actually uh, developing a couple of artists, um, you know, get my company full-fledged from the executive side. You know, you got to, at some point in the game, you want to show some type of growth and yeah. elevate from things that you're comfortable or used to. And, um, yeah, man, uh, I definitely want to, um, you know, be in that lane. You know, I'm going to keep advocating for autism. That's something else maybe when we get to the IG Live. That we can feel a listening. Yeah, you know, no, let's, let's talk about it now. So the autism situation. I mean, we have all the time yeah. in the world. The autism situation. Uh, you have a child that's autistic. Um, you stand. Right, right. Um, you you had a, a whole album, Puzzles in the Sky, dedicated yes, to sir. autism. Um, in your opinion, and, and just in your opinion, um, I kind of mm-hmm. feel like you were the first one to pioneer right, general right, autism. Right. In hip hop, right. probably in general, because after you did it, then you saw Fat Joe do it. Um, talk about living with an autistic kid, and you know, and, and dealing with that type of situation. Because I don't think people really understand that this is a real like sickness, and um, you know, just how it affects your child. I mean, it, it's it's so ironic to, to to sit here and tell the story of my upbringing and the things that I went into, and now it's three sixty showing this transformation because. You know, a lot of my dedication is into the awareness. It's just, it's just providing people with the awareness. Um, a lot of things we take for granted until they hit home, you know. And um, I say that just to say that I would have never known anything about autism, you know, un- unless, you know, this tragic, in my opinion, this because, you know, actually, again, that's a whole different conversation, but um, some parents would look at it as a blessing. You know, for me, it was more tragic because of the way that it unfolded. You know what I mean? And um, again, that's that's a whole nother, you know, level of conversations and politics and things. But just the in general thing was just, you know, uh, my son was diagnosed with autism at three years old. We knew something wasn't right with him by 18 months. So we already had the anxiety of the next 18 months of not knowing the full diagnosis until it actually come out to know, like, we already kind of knew that. So, you know, this brings a different level of stress. Um, You know, um, a lot of patience, man. You know, it, it took me, you know, to learn from my son to actually have how to have patience. I've never had patience in my life for anything. And um, just, just raising my son, man, it was just like, 
it was a different world, you know, and just because I was, you know, front row watching this movie, I was so much better able to, to demonstrate to other people how important, you know, that this thing is and how it affects people. You know, my son would have meltdowns, you know, it'd be, you know, just picture Times Square and picture a child on the floor and he's just, he's screaming, he's rolling around and you're walking by and you're looking like, what the, what the heck's wrong with that kid? You know, and you see, you see his dad on the floor with him because I have to share in the moment with him, you know? So I would get on the floor with him too. And I was, I was very guarded. I didn't trust the world. Um, I felt like a lot of people showed their ignorance. You know, I don't like the R word, you know, um, that's a retarded people. Yeah. Do not, we do not stand for that R word. And we just started doing so much research and it originated from that R word. That's where it originated from. And then it turned into this autism thing. So, so, so to know, be clear, uh, Slime, not to cut you off, so to be clear, so an autistic child, uh, uh, what does that mean exactly? Is it trouble learning so, and understanding? So child, like, what yeah, does it mean so, to be autistic? So, to put it in, and to put it in like a layman's term, so to speak, the best that I can, let's just say a child with autism uses a specific part of the brain that us as, you know, quote unquote regular people, don't usually use. Got it. Um, okay. Um, it's a, obviously it's a learning disorder. Um, so, so, so they, so they use, they use a certain part of the brain that's inactive to the regular person. Is that a proper way to say it? Uh, to, to a certain extent, right. Okay. Um, it, it takes certain things for us as quote unquote regular people to tap into, you know, like you might hear somebody, you might hear somebody say, you know, um, you know, um, they smoked and, you know, they felt like they was, talk thinking about the stars and the moon and yeah. the earth and, and and that's regular. That's common for an autistic child. That's common. And um you know um which also at the same time makes them so brilliant because only a, a certain percentage of us regular folks can actually tap into that part of our brain mm. where our analysis is changed. And mm. um I think that's one of their gifts actually. That's one of their gifts. And um just to add on to that, my son is also, because there are autistic uh, people that are high functioning. You don't even know. They have jobs. They have mm. kids. They, you know, and but then you have some that's lower on the spectrum. My son is nonverbal. Nonverbal doesn't mean that he's mute. It just means that he can't hold the full conversation as we're doing right now. That's what nonverbal means. And um, I had to learn this stuff on the fly. You know, um, uh, my kid's mom. She's my inspiration because it, she gave me the courage. She gave me the strength because I seen how she suffered as a mom. You know what I mean? Going through it. And we come from a generation where dads weren't really in the picture like that. You know? So um, for me to be a dad that was in the picture, I could see it up close and personal. And it just, it just, it just triggered something in me. And I felt like, you know, I have, you know, a platform here. And this is my real life, you know. So when the cameras and the you know the bottles stop popping and the videos is finished and we turn the mic off and everybody's going home, guess what Snipe's doing? I'm going home to be a warrior dad because I had to take care of my son. Mm -hmm. So I felt like me being the person that I am, I always wore my heart on my sleeve about things I believed in. I wanted to transcend it into my platform, into the music. And, you know, I met some real cool people along the way on this journey. I've been blessed along this journey. And, you know, the ultimate thing, which was my goal from the very beginning, was to dedicate a hip-hop album 
to the world of autism, just to show people that it's cool, it's all right. Some of us be looking like as if it was taboo because they don't, they lack the awareness. There's so many cool kids, girls, boys, young adults that have autism that are so awesome, like you know. And it's a time for change, bro. Like I lived my life already. I've did all the street stuff, going away, and you know, if I can impact people's lives by spreading some type of awareness, then I feel like that's a battle that I'm doing for my son because he's mine and he's my responsibility and I have to be his voice. I have to talk for him because no one else is going to understand or take him serious if I don't. Mm -hmm. And and it started with that thought there and it led us all the way up to where we are now. Puzzles in the Sky, the only hip-hop album, the, the only hip-hop album that's dedicated to autism. I know a couple of cool friends and fellow because I like to call them warrior dads because this is this is a battleground. This is an everyday thing. You don't have autism for five years, ten years, and it's like you grow out of it. It's not like you know you get chicken pops, you get yeah. past it. You could you could be born asthmatic and then you, you grow you out it, of you it. You do it forever, forever, bro. And you know, again, there's some cool people that you know have made their um donations to the autism community, um doing you know hip hop or you know spoken word and stuff. But you know, my goal is to get these entertainers, like you mentioned, the Fat Joes of the world. And um, these, these, these A-list celebrities, you know, they only really talk about it, you know, when they feel it's right for their situation. And that's okay because I'm a parent and I understand. We yeah. want to guard our kids from the world because an autistic child, if it's anything that I told you all tonight, an autistic child is the most purest human being on this earth. Why? Because they haven't been subjected to sin, deceit, envy. They don't know about any of that. These are the most purest being on this earth literally and i just felt like you know this is my life and i can be guarded but i want to share this with the world because i know there's people out there that's watching and they you know they got the tough the tough guy act on but deep down they're hurting because they don't have the support they don't know anybody that can relate to them so i felt like let me be the piece that 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 brings them all together you know what i'm saying yeah. and here we out. Here we are, man. Hundreds of fundraisers later. Yeah. I done did celebrity basketball, basketball games. Tournaments. I was actually going to ask you about the basketball tournament. You, you do the basketball tournament uh, once a year. You did it in Connecticut a few times. Um, how are we going to deal with this moving forward? Because uh, apparently New York City is going to open up. New York, certain parts of New York is going to open up. I'm not sure where you're at if it's going to open up on May 15th or in July. Um how are we going to navigate with, like, tournaments, with your studio? I mean, Snipe, yeah. what are we going to do moving it's, forward? It's, it's real, bro. Um, First thing first is just, you know, everybody be conscious of their environment. Be conscious of, you know, the people that you value and you love dearly. Don't subject them to ignorance. You know, um, do research, you know, because, you know, I don't, I'm not too fond about this whole thing of possibly quote-unquote, unpausing New York around the 15th. I feel like we're nowhere near ready where we need to be. So, you know, we need to keep practicing the social distancing thing. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a harsh reality that this may become part of our norm moving forward, you know. And, and again, yeah, we have to readjust. We have to, you know, what they say, we got to call an audible play at the line because we have kids. We have normal child children and we have special needs children. And we got to figure out how to get them back into the world, how to get them back into society. Because anybody that out there that know about kids with autism is 
the number one thing with an autistic child is routine, 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 routine. And once you break a routine from an autistic child, it, it, it kills their world. It melts them down, literally. You know what I mean? Where they get physical pain because they can't get their routine, literally. So really? it's going to be a Really? So, so, a, so, to just, so an autistic kid, um, you have to develop a specific routine for them, and then they adjust to yeah. it. And then when they don't have that routine, um, it becomes difficult for them to function as a human being, correct? Yes, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. If my, if my son, if my son, for example, doesn't leave out the house with his favorite uh, action figure or his favorite hat or, you know, whatever he grabs that day. And, you know, these special needs child, they probably have one particular thing that they hold on to more than anything else. It could be something that has nothing to do with anything. It could be a button from a coat. You know what I mean? It could be stitching. It could be a blanket. It could be a pillow, whatever. But let's just say that that child leaves out for school and he doesn't have it. He didn't get it. His whole day's off or her whole day's off. Like, really? they'll, they'll be in wow. school. They'll, they'll be in school. They'll be having tent. They'll be having meltdowns. The teacher's call like, what? we don't know what's wrong. He doesn't or she doesn't have her favorite thing. Like, it's routine. You have to, like, come home from school. If you, if, if you have a child that goes to the store every day and gets a specific snack, and now, like, with this quarantine, they can't do it. it. It's miserable for them, you know? So I just want people to, you know, have an open mind about people that really can't make their own decisions. And they live their life based off of, you know, a rigorous routine. You know, like, we have to be, that's where the awareness comes in to be a little more sympathetic, you know? Because some people have it much harder than others, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just real life, man. It's real life. But we'll figure it out, man. You know, um, I always have, you know, other parents siblings because they're brothers and sisters of special needs kids like we'll all get together i do forums we talk and you know we'll come up with a strategy for all our kids because i'm not just thinking about my son i'm thinking about yours and and everybody else's child and the special needs kids and we got to figure out how we're going to move forward with this thing now you know what i'm saying it's definitely going to be a challenge but i'm definitely up for it because we've been living this life now my son is my son is 13 years old bro Mm -hmm. you know you know so it's all going on almost 11 years that I've been advocating, you know what I mean? So it's it's real. It doesn't it doesn't stop though, bro. It doesn't stop. Yeah, round of applause for you and all the warrior parents in here, man. Jesus Christ. Definitely. There's many of us out there, man. Shout out all the warrior moms, all the warrior dads all over the world. I salute y'all. I I appreciate y'all and I would love feedback and just for everybody to keep spreading awareness, man. You know what I'm saying? That's the only thing we can do. Yeah, super. All right, real quick, slide life. Before we get out of here, let's get into uh, you know, social media where they can follow you if they want to holler at you. How can they get at you? Sure. Yeah, man. Instagram. I'm moving around on my Instagram. Snipe life D block. Um, all one word. Um, everything is pretty much snipe life D block. Facebook snipe life D block page. On Twitter, the real snipe life. You know. Um. Yeah. Tap in with me, man. Tap in. My YouTube is Rogue Killer One. Um. Just tap in with me, man, and get familiar. And, and I love to talk and maybe give advice and, and spread more awareness to the people, man. We got a lot of dope stuff coming. As you can clearly see, I'm an artist that wears a lot of hats. So it's it's definitely not easy. I shout out brothers like yourself who wear a lot of hats. A lot of these artists, they only got to worry about one thing. Yeah, you know what I'm facts. saying? Mm-hmm. So, so give it up for the artists, the producers, the CEOs, the managers. People that wear multiple hats and then they deal with their personal life. This man right here has a whole family and I see that all his kids get the same love. They're all talented. 
Yo, your daughter's gonna be something amazing. No, bro. she's super fly. Round of for her. I seen her. I seen. Yeah, give please give her a round of applause. Yeah. Because I seen her shooting your video. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, so, so this is a new thing, Slime. I mean, we, we haven't spoken in, in, in a few, you know, uh, months, uh, maybe I don't, know, I don't know how long it's been, weeks or whatever. But um, so right now I have a new project called COVID nineteen, and um, you know, in this right. COVID situation, a lot of people don't know that I spent a lot of time as a video director. We spoke about it. You know, they they know me for Shade Forty Five now. They don't really know the whole backstory. So, um, obviously, you know, my main trade is film. You know my main trade is film out of everything that I do. And um, now with the COVID-19 situation, I dropped a new EP, which you're on, by the way. A round of applause for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Y'all, the, the War Report, meet you, Ricky Bats. I got uh, Lazarus, Party G, and uh, E-Pull on there. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, it's, it's like, Snipe, like, you know, how are we going to navigate with, with a, uh, you know, a social distancing practice that we're doing now? No camera crew. I say, you know what? I'm going to use my iPhone to shoot videos because, I mean, I'm paying $1,200 for the damn iPhone. It shoots 4K. I might right. as well, you know, use it. And the video footage that I've been able to get from the iPhone has been absolutely amazing. You won't even know that it's from the iPhone. So my, my new video, uh, the stimulus package, I have my kids directed my video and harmony t- uh, she took the forefront and she uh directed half of the video round of applause for her yeah round of applause for harmony yeah harmony went crazy come from that cloth bro come from that cloth brother yeah she come from that cloth this boom bap nation radio i'm your host infamous amadeus uh special piece of shout out to my dear friend snipe life d block we're gonna get to a record matter of fact what record you want to hear off of the off of the new project oh man man oh man I- I, I love everything off my new project actually right now. Um, let's go with the intro, man. Let's start from the beginning, man. Okay. Let's get into that joint. And let's get into my personal favorite record without you after that. I mean, I always told oh, you I, I thought yeah. that was the best record that you ever done. <laughs> I mean, I, you you know this in our personal conversations. Now, let's go. We got to go. Now, we got to go with seniority here, man. Play without <laughs> you. That is one of my personal favorites. Yeah, yeah. Play without you. Please for the people. Yeah, so let's get into the intro. Let's get it without you. Snipe Life D Blocks. Thank you for coming on Boom Bap Nation Radio. This is the Infamous Hour. Make sure to subscribe to the Infamous Hour, all social media platforms. Smart.it URL slash the Infamous Hour. Shout out to iHeartRadio, Shade 45, Sirius XM, every single Thursday, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. As a matter of fact, this Thursday, I'll be on the radio. I have a new segment. It's called Imps New Music Picks at 6 every um. Uh, mix that I do I'm going to dedicate Six minutes To my mix To playing New dope records And we definitely Going to have a Snipe Life record In, in this new mix Super I'm going to Shade 45 It's going down right Super. here Boom Bap Nation Radio We'll be right back With you